the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into hour three. There's probably in the pantheon of great professors I've actually never sat in the classroom on, uh, probably only three. Alan Dershowitz is one of them. What is a professor I've never sat in the class? It means I've read, I think, almost everything they've ever written. It means I've watched every debate and lecture I can. It means I've attended their lectures. Alan Dershowitz is one of the great professors, one of the great teachers, not just to the country, but to the world. And he has a brand new book out. It is a great book, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. Alan Dershowitz, welcome back to the Airwaves of Phoenix. Thanks for being with us, and congrats on the book. Thanks. It's always a pleasure to have a former non-student student who I'm very proud of. You do a great, great job. You keep teaching. I'll keep learning from you. Um, Okay. The price of principle. There's so many questions I could start with, but let me start maybe with this one, if I can. One of the things I encounter a a great deal uh, in, in conversation and debate on the issue of this notion of cancel cultures, people telling me it's a myth. You are a living testament of it being a reality and a verity, are you not? Yeah, oh, of course. Look, um, I was the most popular person among uh, a group of people in, in Chilmark, Massachusetts. I was the one who was asked to always speak at their events, to perform their ceremonies, to do everything. In fact, somebody wrote me an email saying, if you had just kept your mouth shut, You'd still be king, king. <laughs> now, nobody in Philmark will talk to me. Um, I sat next to Caroline Kennedy at a dinner party, the daughter of the president, the daughter of the man who wrote Profiles and Courage, and she said, if I knew you had been invited to this event, I would not have come. One of my former students, a very close friend, said he wanted to invite me to a concert, but he was told by the cabal in Philmark, that uh, if he invited me, none of the others would show up. He said it would be social suicide for me to invite you. Just the other night, I was invited, actually invited, to an engagement party of a young girl whose parents I know very well. They wrote me an email regretfully saying they had to cancel the invitation because too many people said, if he shows up, we leave. The library, where I've spoken every year, where they invited me to speak, uh, canceled me, and they won't allow me to speak in the library. They didn't carry my books. They had 20 of my books before I defended President Trump's constitutional rights, and not a single one of my books. Now, I'm not the victim of that. The victim of the people of Chumark who can't read my right. books, the victim of the people of Chumark who can't hear me speak, who want to hear me speak. But these left-wing censors, you know what they would be saying if it was right-wing censorship, if, uh, if a rural Texas library said we're not going to allow speakers who believe in the woman's right to choose to speak, or if they said we're not going to invite or allow anti-racist speakers to speak, they'd be held to pay. Every liberal would be up in arms. That's right. But not when it becomes not when it comes to Trump. Trump is different. The Trump derangement syndrome is true. And you know, Seth, I got I'm used to the Trump derangement syndrome because 
I experienced it before Trump ran for That's office. right. That's right. Yes. At, at that point, it was called the Israel right. derangement right. syndrome. Right. I would go on a campus. I could talk about anything. Thomas Jefferson, you name it, free speech. As soon as I mention Israel, people go crazy. They become Noam Chomsky. They cannot have a rational talk about it. And with Trump, they become Larry Tribe. You yep. know, Larry Tribe was on television the other day, on CNN, saying that he was trying to persuade his former student, Merrick Garland, to prosecute Donald Trump for, and listen to this, the attempted murder of Vice President Pence. The attempted murder. I mean, this wouldn't even make a good Sherlock Holmes mystery right. or anything. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard a professor say, and yet he's embraced and he's honored because there's one rule today on the left. If you can get Trump, anything goes. It doesn't matter. Trump trumps the Constitution. Trump trumps due process. Trump's equal protection. Trump trumps freedom of speech. If you can get Trump, you can do anything. And now, it's reminiscent of what happened 50 years ago, when if you can get communists, you can do anything. It's the new McCarthyism, and this isn't only my term. Larry Summers, in an interview just the other day, talked about the new McCarthyism as well. Yeah, that's right. It, it's an abusive language in back of it, uh, if, if you'll permit me. I think it's, yes, it's Trump, but it's also, it's also leftism, where... You use the word murder too lightly in the case of Professor Tribe. People use words racist. They use white supremacist. And you are a part of that by proxy because you are standing in the way, I think, of the leftist agenda. And they do it by making you what? An untermensch. You are part of a patriarchy at the most innocent, but white supremacism at the worst. Are you not? Isn't that part of it, sir? I'm like, I'm just a kid from Brooklyn, yeah. first person in my family ever to go to college. <laughs> um, uh, I grew up not in poverty, but for, you know, pretty poor. Yeah. I, I, I made it to Brooklyn College, a free college, by the skin of my teeth, and uh, then graduated first in my class. That's meritocracy. Right. But right. today, meritocracy is a dirty word. If you mention meritocracy, you've committed a micro, maybe even a macro, aggression. That's right. So don't call me a white supremacist or privileged. I grew up without any privilege whatsoever. Everything I've accomplished, I accomplished on my own because of my courage, because I was willing to stand up to people, and all the negatives that I've gotten now have been a result of the same courage that I showed for the 60 years of my career. But I'm fighting back. I'm not going to just take it sitting down. I'm not going to just cancel. One of the reasons I wrote nine books in the last four years is because you can't cancel my books. That's right. I thought you couldn't. The library tried to. But the books get published and the books get circulated. So it's not a question of cancellation. It's a question of trying to get your point of view out there through whatever medium you're allowed to use these days. The price of principle, why integrity is worth the consequences, is Professor is Professor Dershowitz's uh, current book, most recent book, just out this month, uh, this past month. It, tremendous read. Uh, Professor, you had... Um, you had experience with the Soviet court system, with Sharansky and others. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you worry about an ethos here that's beginning to look a little bit like that? Just a little bit? Very, very much so. When I was representing not only Sharansky, but I represented about 60 dissidents in that's the Soviet right. Union, no. lawyers were terrified to be seen with us or to join our defense team for fear that they then would be right. uh, prosecuted. And that's what's happening. The campaign to try to disbar Rudy Giuliani, the campaign to try to disbar 
other lawyers without even a hearing, without even a hearing. It's just a return. You know, it's so interesting because what was McCarthyism? It was anti-Soviet Union. What is the Soviet Union, just like McCarthyism? Yeah. I mean, when you get to the extremes of the hard left and the hard right, they merge together. They're the same. They both favor repression. They both believe free speech for me, but not for thee. They both don't understand why you need dissent. We all know the truth with a capital T. The left knows the truth. The extreme right knows the truth. Only the middle, the 90% of us in the country that are in the middle, we need the First Amendment and free speech and due process because we're not so sure of the truth. That's what liberalism used to stand for. There was that great speech by yeah. Learned Hand circa 1943-44, right? Liberty speech. and liberalism is the essence that isn't too sure that it is right. We've lost that, haven't we? I, I urge you in the bowels of Christ that you may possibly be wrong. He quoted that. Uh, and he used to love to talk about uncertainty. And, you know, when I would teach my classes, people at the end would say, but you didn't tell us what the answer is. <laughs> no. I want you to think. There's no right answer yeah. in my class. Yeah. Every single question begets another question. Yeah. Maybe it's because I studied the Talmud <laughs> as a kid, but, but I have to tell you, that inquiry, that mindset of doubting is no longer taught in universities because... As Larry Summers said in this most recent interview, students and faculty don't want to hear opposing points of view. That's right. They don't want others to hear opposing points of view. They just want the, the t- classes to become polemical exercises in propaganda, the way they were in the Soviet Union, the way they were in China, the way they were in Cuba, the way they were in R in Venezuela. Is that what we're going to allow our country to be turned into? I, I, I hope not. Well, that's what is the concern here. And my gosh, that I have to hit a quick break. We'll come back on the other side and maybe pick up on that very point. Uh, due process has been politicized. Uh, and and, and oh, yeah. that's the one phrase, all those regimes you just mentioned, Professor, that's lacking in, in any fair sense. And I wonder if we might come back and talk just a little bit. Sure about the politicalization of due process. It's, again, due process for me, not for thee. As, as we go to our commercial break, let me, um, let me plug the book one more time. Alan Dershowitz is the author, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. I can't tell you how important this book is. I can't tell you how important the scholarship of Alan Dershowitz's career has been for so many people, including me, your host. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Alan Dershowitz. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Professor Alan Dershowitz, emeritus of Harvard Law School, is our guest. His brand spanking new book, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. What did Aristotle say? Plato is dear. Truth is dearer. No one lives that out and writes that out as well as Alan Dershowitz. His book is in part about the importance of truth and being able to look yourself in the mirror and sleep at night because you stood for principle and not personality. Uh, Professor, if I might, the issue of due process, you had in the previous segment ran through a series of retrograde regimes from Venezuela to the Soviet Union, China, Cuba, the list goes on. Uh, The one thing lacking in all those places is a sense of fairness in the court system. The last resort, you were an attorney, you are known as the attorney of last resort. Uh, Courts have been the place of last resort to find your civil liberties uh, vindicated. Uh, But due process has been politicized. Uh, Donald Trump stands for that principle or problem, too, doesn't he? Or doesn't the current court system? Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's not only the current court system, but it's defense lawyers. We are the last barrier between the government and the rest of us, the government and tyranny. Mm -hmm. You need bold and brave defense lawyers who are prepared to go to court and stand up and challenge the government at every turn. That means sometimes defending guilty people. Mm -hmm. That means sometimes producing verdicts that are not consistent with the truth. But, you know, better can guilty go free than one innocent and one we can find. And we have to challenge the government. So the essence of justice is vigorous defense coupled with due process and fairness in the courts of law. We're not getting that. We're not hearing it. It's not being taught in universities. It's not being taught today in even high schools and elementary schools. They don't learn about John Adams defending the rights of the Boston Massacre alleged killers. We don't hear about Abraham Lincoln and Thurgood Marshall and, uh, and Clarence Darrow and Ed Bennett Williams all of whom defended lots and lots of guilty people. Attorneys but for the damned, they called them. I think Clarence Darrow's biography yeah. was Attorney for the Damned, right? I think it, that was But I have it. to yeah. tell you, it yeah. was. I have to tell you, no lawyer in history, none, no lawyer in history except during McCarthyism has been abused the way I have. Right. Not Abraham Lincoln, not Clarence Darrow, right. not Daniel Webster. Right. The idea that I can't speak at a university, the idea that I can't speak in a Temple Emanuel, which every year invited me, to do trials of biblical characters, that I can't speak at the 92nd Street Y, that I can't speak at the Ramaz School, that I can't speak in the Chilmark Library. That's never happened to a lawyer before. And I don't want to be self-referential because I have a thick skin. But if it can happen to Alan Dershowitz, it can happen to every lawyer. I have to tell you, a bunch of lawyers have called me, and they said they've been asked to defend Donald Trump. And they said they won't do it because they don't want to be Dershowitz. Right. They don't want to have to happen to their family What's happened to my family, my wife, who didn't even agree with me when I wanted to defend the Constitution on behalf of Donald Trump, people have made her a pariah. She walked into a gym recently, and a woman said, oh, that's Alan Dershowitz's wife. I can't work out here. I have to walk out. We got invited to, you know, an engagement party. And then we get an email saying we have to cancel you because too many people said that if you're there, we won't walk out. This is in Showmark, Massachusetts which was victimized by McCarthyism in the 1950s. Lillian Hellman uh, lived here. Many, many other prominent leftists lived here who were victimized by McCarthyism. Now their heirs, their children, their grandchildren are imposing left-wing McCarthyism, which is just as bad as right-wing McCarthyism. You know, you go through that litany, and I was familiar with it from your book, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences, is the name of the book. And I wonder, where do you feel most let down? Your profession, law schools, co-religionists, uh, former defendants, people you've done. What's the biggest disappointment? You know, I went to law school because of you, actually. I went to law school because you and your books and works inspired me, Clarence Darrow's, the list you read earlier. And... I, I was once taught that, you know, when it comes to free speech and matters of free speech, lawyers get it a little better than most. That's not true anymore. That's just not true anymore. No. Lawyers get it not well, they get as it. well. They get it. They get it. They just ignore it. Okay. So, no, I think they get it. Okay. Uh, look, Larry David coming up to me on the porch of the Chilmark store saying, you're disgusting because yeah. I saw you pat um, Mike Pompeo on the back. Sure I did. He helped bring about the Abraham Accords. He was my former student. And I said, you'll be remembered in history by what you did in the uh, in the in Israel yeah. and in the Camp David course. I have to tell you the group that's disappointed me most have yeah. been the Jewish leaders, yeah. the people who have a welcome me 
um, all over the world. And now, and, and they all say, we don't think there was anything wrong with what you did. But we don't want trouble. You know, that's the old <laughs> Jewish mantra that has existed. Shosh still, right? Shosh still. Yeah. Shosh still, don't make a yeah. shanda. Yeah. Don't, you know, don't rock the boat. Yeah. Someone else's boat. Yeah. And we're just guests on the boat. You know, I wrote a book called Chutzpah, all about that. Yeah. Everybody loved the book Chutzpah yeah. until I showed a little bit of Chutzpah yeah. and defended Donald Trump. And now it's like, shosh still, don't make any trouble. You can't speak at our synagogue. You can't raise money for this organization or that organization. There was an event on Martha's Vineyard attended to and spoken at by Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton. It's called the Jewish Democratic Council of America. And I got disinvited yeah. from it. Yeah. Am I not Jewish enough? <laughs> yeah, Am I not right. democratic enough? Yeah. No. And there was one word that was not mentioned at the Jewish Democratic Council of America, a three-hour event, one word, and that was Israel. Yeah. There wasn't a single word about Israel. Yeah. Everything was about gay rights, women's rights, uh, you know, climate rights. They were all very important. But can you imagine a black Democratic Council meeting where civil rights wasn't mentioned, a gay Democratic meeting where gay rights wasn't mentioned, an Arab Democratic meeting with Palestine? But no, the Jewish Democratic Council doesn't have to mention Israel and doesn't have to invite with, with all due modesty, was probably the most, um, uh, certainly, frequent guest of Jewish organizations um, in the last 20 years, but not good enough to get invited on Martha's Vineyard. Look, it saved me money. It doesn't matter. But it just represents a mindset that is today so prevalent. The Lincoln-Douglas debates could not occur today. Half the think... country would say, we agree with Lincoln, we don't want to hear Douglas. I'm, the other I, half would say, we agree with Douglas, we don't want to hear Lincoln. They couldn't even speak on a university campus. The debates that I used to have with Bill Buckley all the time yep. on television at Harvard and different places, they couldn't take place today. People would boo and, and, and engage in violence. When I was invited to speak at Harvard, uh, they had to move the event off campus. I've been there 50 years. Off campus for fear that it would be disrupted if I was allowed to speak about Israel on Harvard University's campus. Yeah, the things that are valued by the institutions in the names of which they were founded has changed as well. That's why there's no ACLU anymore, as we remember it. I don't think you could write there the brief you wrote for Bakke. There, no. Yeah, there is an ACLU. It's now the Anti-Civil Liberties yeah. Union. <laughs> right. Where are they on the issue, even of transparency, of revealing the affidavit? They're always in favor of transparency. The worst statute in the world to the ACLU is the uh, Espionage Act of 1917, used against every left-wing hero. That's right. Now, the ACLU and the people in the ACLU, they love it. They embrace it. They want to expand it. Article after article in New York Times and CNN everywhere. Let's use the Espionage Act of 1970 to get Trump. We don't care that it's got Eugene V. Debs yeah. and that it's got you know, every hero of the left, and we hated it, and we declared it unconstitutional, we fought against it. If it can be used to get Trump, let's use it. Let's expand it. This Trump notion of Trump is more important than the Constitution can really hurt this country over the long run. Alan Dershowitz is the author. The book is The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. To me, he is the prince of principle. Mr. Dershowitz, Yasher Koff, may your strength continue oh, to be strong. You. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Thank God you. bless you and uh, be well. Thank you, you for the book. Thank you, thank you for your time. Thank you.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good people at Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Love this company. Love Chris Funk and the team. They do a great job, and customer service is where it begins and it's where it ends, and great craftsmanship and work in between as well. You have air conditioning issues. You have plumbing issues in the winter. If you have heating issues, Cool Touch is who to call. You can call them at 623 748 Four nine four two six two three seven four eight four nine four two. I am both an endorser of them and a customer of theirs. Online, cooltouch.us. That's cooltouch.us. I'm just sitting here marveling what he said about Caroline Kennedy, who would not be in a room with him or would not attend an event where Alan Dershowitz attended. Um, you know, two. Boston people. He's Boston now. She's obviously Boston. This is a woman who came here to Phoenix. I went, I know, because I went to speak uh, about, uh, must have been about two, three years ago, about three years ago, she spoke uh, for the O'Connor Institute, which is dedicated to civil debate. That's the entire purpose of the O'Connor Institute. And she was their uh, annual speaker. They bring in a speaker every year. She was their annual speaker, and she was giving a speech on behalf of an organization committed to civic and civil discussion and debate. And she's now in the censorship business. This is a person who wrote a book called In Our Defense, The Bill of Rights in Action. This is a person who wrote 10 Things I Love About America, the Constitution being one of them. This is a person who wrote a Patriot's Handbook, songs, poems, studies, and speeches celebrating the land we love. This is a fraud. This is a fraud, as is so much, as are so many in the liberal left continuum that love to preen about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights when it serves their interests. These are outcome-oriented celebrities, outcome-oriented celebrities that would not know a principle if it hit them in the face. And probably, probably, unlike Alan Dershowitz, wouldn't even get a book contract or a speech contract were it not by dint of her last name, unlike someone Alan Dershowitz. It makes me mad. It makes me mad because this, as I said in the first hour, is another way in which you lose this country. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. Altering our history was the focus of my monologue in the first hour. But there's a lot of ways to do it. Altering the family is another way to do it, as we discussed with Brad Wilcox in the previous hour. You put those two things together and now add an ending of free inquiry, free speech, academic freedom, the freedom to study, the freedom to pursue the truth. And you end up not just with a different country, you end up with a bad country. Why? Because you are limiting points of view. When you limit points of view, you get groupthink. When you get groupthink, you get bad outcomes. That's the point. Why do you think so many people... At the CDC right now, including Rochelle Walensky, why do you think so many of them right now are reexamining 
how they took us through COVID and the censorship they engaged in. Because they didn't hear our points of view. They didn't hear the Jay Bhattacharyas or the Heather McDonald's or the Mies or the Dennis Prager's or the Scott Atlases. They didn't want to hear us. And the rest of the country never did hear us because we were banned and censored for disseminating misinformation. Twitter colluded with the government of the United States of America to silence a former New York Times reporter, Alec ba- Alex Berenson, frequent guest on this show, because he was dissenting from the mandates. And what resulted? Bad things, because an alternative point. I'm not saying the alternative point of view is always right. Of course not. Of course it's not. But how would you ever know? How would you ever No. And why would you not in a Republican form of government or any kind of democracy want to go back to the very purpose of free speech, which is a letter rip, let the ideas contest against each other so that the people can choose for themselves what they think best represents either truth or better public policy outcomes? I'll tell you why. They're doing it to Alan and they're doing it to you. I'll tell you why. Because they don't want your outcomes. They only want their outcomes. Rochelle Walensky may be a little bit more open-minded than most on the left. She might be because at least she's willing to re-examine or seems to be going through a re-examination of what the CDC had been engaged in for the past couple of years. But most of the left, they're not interested because they don't want your outcome. They want their outcome. This isn't socialism. It's communism. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you're looking for a remarkable investment opportunity with a great return for investors, check out my friends at Y Refi. What they're involved in is a fixed, no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors, and it's all in a secure and collateralized Portfolio. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, as I say, run by really good people who are doing really well by doing good for others, helping them dig out of debt the right way by paying off their debts. You want to be part of that? You can. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R E F Y.com. Investyrefi.com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. You know, it's an interesting, uh, I, you know, it's always great talking to Alan Dershowitz. I have been learning from him since uh, probably the 70s. Probably, yeah, I think so. And um, yes, he and other books my dad gave, his and other books my dad gave me in those days, biographies of Clarence Darrow, it is why I went to law school. I thought the law was where you went and the courts were where you went to vindicate your civil liberties, to vindicate your civil rights. That's what we were taught in the history books. And one of the reasons you're seeing such a revision in our history books is they want to revise that too. Civil liberties are no longer a, um, shall we say, a value to the left because civil liberties leads to an open society. We discussed open versus closed societies in the first hour. An open society is not what the left wants. It wants an outcome. It does not want a debate. It wants a result. This is not liberalism. You want a good definition of what liberalism used to stand for? I I mentioned Learned Hand. It's a funny name, but that's exactly what his name is. He's one of the most famous judges never to be on the Supreme Court. 
died somewhere around 1960. Uh, his brother was a famous uh, judge uh, as well, but Learned Hand was probably the more gifted uh, speaker and orator and one of the uh, great, great judges in American um, jurisprudence. And at the height of World War II, he gave a speech to a group of new immigrants defining what liberalism was. And I come back to it from time to time because if you need to know what the difference is between liberalism and leftism, it is what he said liberalism was. He said the spirit of it is the spirit which is not too sure that it is right. It is the spirit which seeks to understand the mind of other men and women. It is the spirit which weighs their interests alongside their own interests without bias. It is the spirit who remembers that not even a sparrow falls to earth unheeded. The spirit is the spirit of him who near 2,000 years ago taught mankind that lesson. It is never learned, but never quite forgotten that there may be a kingdom where the least shall be heard and considered side by side with the greatest. And now in that spirit, the spirit of an America which has never been and which may never be, nay, which will be would never be except as the conscience and courage of Americans created. It takes conscience and courage to create it. Yet in the spirit of that America lies hidden in some form the aspirations of us all. It is the spirit of that America for which our young man and women at this moment are fighting and dying. It is the spirit of liberty and of an America that I ask you to rise with me and pledge our faith in the glorious destiny of our beloved country. That is not a speech the left can give today. They do not want any of this. They want none of it. They want control and they want outcome. And they do it in a variety of ways. So in this quote, in again, in my first hour, I was talking about history. Uh, I was talking about uh, Marx's commitment to the disruption of the family and where we are today with that very disruption of the family, as Brad Wilcox was talking to us. It goes to education. But how about this other interesting word that Judge Learned Hand uses, the freedom of conscience. Yes, conscience and courage of Americans. Leave the courage part aside for now. Perverted that language as well. But think about conscience, rights of conscience. That's a civil liberty, too, found in the First Amendment. It comes in mostly the guise of freedom of religion, which is the very first part of the First Amendment, which is the first thing the left has attacked here, hasn't it? Sadly, Dennis Prager said this earlier on his show today, I believe. Sadly, when you look at the experiences of of past couple of years, particularly with COVID, Religious institutions went along with the curbing of their very rights, didn't they? Churches and synagogues compliantly closed in the name of a pandemic when they were most needed. You throw people out of work. You disrupt their lives. You disrupt their livelihoods. You disrupt the lives of their children. You put additional financial burdens on them. You do everything that's going to increase substance use or relapse. You get rid of 12-step meetings, which help people when they are in recovery. What would you need most? Churches and synagogues, you would think. They closed those two, and the churches and synagogues went along with it. Another scholar, Harry Jaffa, talking about a famous uh, – he wrote a famous essay on civil liberties in uh, 1965. 
And he said the one thing to remember about civil liberties is these are liberties meant and can only be maintained that can only be maintained by a civil people. Think about that. Liberties that can only be kept and maintained by a civil people. What right now is the condition of this country? Get on social media, log into Facebook, log into Twitter, log into any neutral, quote unquote, neutral platform. So obviously not Getter or some of these other Trump platforms, but theoretically neutral ones, if you will. You see anything civil there? Anything at all? Anything open to debate? Anything open to discussion? No. We have become a country of shouters, which is okay because you want to let her rip in the town square. But what is not okay is we have become a country of shout downers, shut downers. We shout people down to shut them down, to shut them up so that they will go away. If you can do it through a traditional cancellation, like they do with Alan Dershowitz, that's one thing. If you can do it by marginalizing them, making them beneath dignity, making them untermenschen and not responsible people to be given responsible rights along with everyone else in this country by calling them racist, white supremacists, Nazis, and fascists, and the like, you do it that way. It's a miracle. It's a miracle some of us can still speak and some of us can still exist. We will cling to it and fight for it. We really will. I promise you that. We'll do it here and I'll do it with you. The danger is coming, though. I'm Seth and we'll be right back. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. Portions of this show brought to you by the good people of Balance of Nature, good people who make a great Product one daily serving gives you the equivalent of 10 servings of fruits and vegetables. Blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables, 100% pure and natural, no sugar or anything added except fruits and veggies using their unique cold press process. Boosts your energy, your health, and your immunity. Check them out at balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code balance. Um, John McWhorter, professor of linguistics at uh, Columbia now, wrote that America's sense of what it is to be intellectual, moral, or artistic, what it is to, edu- what it is to educate a child, what it is to foster justice, what it is to express oneself properly, and what it is to be a nation is being ruined upon a religion. The religion is wokeism. That's what his book is about, John McWhorter's. He calls wokeism a religion. Well, I do think it comes with a religious or theocratic inspiration and aspiration. But whatever you want to call it, Whitaker Chambers called it man's second oldest faith, the idea that we shall be as gods, the idea that we have all the truth on our side. And because we have all the truth on our side. We will not hear what you think of as true. And what we will do is we will now categorize truth into a new dictionary as well, such that if you are woke, if you are left, any truth will do. We'll call it your truth. We'll call it my truth. And we will protect it. We will protect it to the utmost so long as it toes the line. And that line 
is the line of leftist socialism that started to flirt with Marxism and has now fully embraced it. We can lament the disappearance of liberals. My fear, we're going to lament the disappearance of socialists, too, at the rate we're going. I'm Seth Liebson. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. Class dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 